0: So the gospel has two episodes in it that I think are separated by some time, but we don't get a sense of a, a separation of time because it says Jesus took the 12 disciples off by themselves. Well, where's the mother of Zebedee when they're off by themselves? Well, then immediately it flashes to the next scene and the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons. So there's this little gap in time that that kind of is missing a little bit I think from the narrative. But Jesus is explaining his passion. Now we we we're all familiar with this with this this reality of Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem, he's going to be handed over, he's going to be condemned, the gentiles are going to get in on this and, and that's going to be the deal. And it would seem almost as if, you know, the sons of Zebedee didn't hear that. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah whatever, okay? We want to be at your left and your right. And, and, and this, this, this kind of denseness of the apostles, the obtuseness, that they're, that they're missing the point, happens over and over again in the gospel, you know? Don't be pointing your finger at them and thinking that they're, they don't get it because we don't get it. We, we struggle to get it too. They want to be at his left and his right. So he says, can you drink the chalice? Now, we, want, we need to know that the chalice is a symbol of suffering. Can you drink the chalice I'm gonna drink? We can, you will, but to be at my left and my right, is not mine to give. Now we flash forward, any of you that are reading uh, Bishop Barron's little book, um, uh, he gives this Lenten reflection. He says, who was at Jesus's left and right when he entered his glory? The two thieves. Because that is his hour of glory. And we're told that over and over and over again in the Gospel of John. That my hour isn't coming, that soon I will be glorified, I will be lifted up. And all of that that's all the Jesus's moment of glory is when he lays down his life for sinners. And who's at his left and his right? Two thieves. Are at his left and his right. So this 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery in the gospel. There's a lot of mystery in being a disciple of Jesus. There's a lot of mystery in being a prophet of the Most High. And Jesus was a prophet and and we hear about Jeremiah the prophet. And what is Jeremiah doing? Jeremiah is instructing the people in Jerusalem and they are like, we don't like his instruction. And, And they're plotting to kill him. And as they plot to kill him, they're like, okay, let's contrive a plot, but we're not going to lose any instruction. We're not going to have a lack of counsel from the wise. Let's destroy him by his own tongue. And what is Jeremiah's response to that? If you paid attention to the first reading today, Jeremiah's response is to plead with God. Why must good be repaid with evil? They're going to dig a pit and take my life. But remember, this is Jeremiah's prayer. Remember, I stood before you on their behalf to turn your wrath away from them. So what was Jeremiah's response to their evil? It was good. What is our response supposed to be to evil? Good. It's tough though, isn't it? isn't it? It really, really is. And so we want to be with Jesus. We want to be next to Jesus. And Jesus says, really? Do you really? Do you understand? And, and I don't think we always do. I think we're like Zebedee's wife and the and it's like, hey, it's going to be all good. As long as we're next to Jesus, everything's going to be good. Jesus says, no, you're going to drink the chalice. Do you understand? So today, we, we struggle with living our lives in this world, carrying our crosses, not expecting the world to give us consolation, but that, that our consolation will come from our relationship. With with God.